0: Hello everyone, I'd like to welcome you and I thank you for coming to our program this morning. The Slavic Initiative um, Network would like to thank Secretary Sajid for taking the time to come and talk to us. It's very rare that when people go out internationally or yeah. now, that they come back and actually take the time to come back at home and participate in the event. So we thank you for that. Uh, we also like to thank the school, we'll be school the Vietnamese Primary School, for the use of their hall and thank Phan Pham and Mr. Pham for the use of the PA yeah. system. This morning, Sheikh uh, Farid Omar will be talking about parenting and living in third world countries and the challenges that we face living in third world countries. The program will start with a session 45 minutes. We'll have a tea break. Another 45 minutes. And at some, another two breaks, and then there will be a session of Q&A. If people prefer to uh, ask questions anonymously, please write your questions or your comments on pieces of paper and hand it over to any of the IMAs. And with that, uh, we can start our (coughs) program.
1: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد رب شرح لصدري لي, لي أمري وحل لقدة من لساني يفقه قولي All praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We praise Him, we seek His assistance and we seek His forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil of our souls and the adverse consequences of our deeds. Whomsoever um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees guidance upon, then none can misguide him. And whomsoever um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees misguidance upon, then none can guide him. And peace and salutations be upon the final messenger, Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship besides one Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I greet you with the greetings of Islam. The greetings of peace, and a greeting which is a du'a. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Uh, barakallahu feekum for this particular opportunity. Indeed, it's always a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when any opportunity is given. Uh, to teach from the inheritance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's not about a local stage or an international stage. At the end of the day, whatever one teaches from that left behind by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is a sitting in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the reality. Whether we have a person attending or many people attending, uh, these matters are irrelevant. Because da'wah and inviting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an act of worship. And all acts of worship have to be only for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala alone, and that is the fundamental lesson. When we say La Ilaha Illallah, that there is no one worthy of worship besides one Allah. That everything which is worship, it only can be for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala alone. It's not for any name or fame, uh, for any uh, status. Uh, it should only be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whether uh, we are on an international stage or a local stage, the reality is a person is in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and and that is all that matters because he is the creator of everything in creation and he is the king of kings and the lord of the world. So if Allah inspires a gathering such as this, then indeed we must begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for as our pious predecessors before would say, that if Allah wants goodness for you, Allah inspires a situation for you to participate in and be part of, so that you can earn the rewards that Allah sets for those who participate in those activities. There's many people who um, would have uh, learnt about this gathering today, but they're not present, and there's some who perhaps learnt about it at the last minute. And they are present. We must understand that this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to give you a closer example, then consider your situation when you intend to give charity. Sometimes you want to give charity, but you don't find a poor person to give that charity to. Sometimes you see a poor person, but you don't have the change in your pocket to give that charity. And sometimes you have the change, and the poor person is in your path, and you don't even realize it, and you continue your day without having practiced that charity. So yes, we have a choice in that which we do, but we must understand that everything happens because of the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So everyone here must know that Allah wanted to reward you the rewards of those who sit in those gatherings dedicated towards the sharing of the inheritance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He wanted to reward you the rewards of those who do this thus, He inspired you to be here, inspired this event. So from the outset, we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, to be most complete in thanks, we thank the people as well who are a means of this event, uh, being a reality, IWIN, uh, as well as uh, Mubina Ibrahim Primary School. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward everyone involved and accept from them um, and increase for them. Ameen. Um, this particular sitting is much shorter than the one we had last year. Last year we had a longer sitting from uh, early in the morning till uh, Salat al-Maghrib. Um, and that was uh, a full day workshop um, dedicated towards um, productivity. And we titled it Seeds of Change. This is just a very short um, program in a space of three hours or so, uh, dedicated towards parenting. And its importance. And um, this particular topic is is a long one. One workshop, two workshops, a few hours, um, or even a few days doesn't do justice to the topic, uh, because parenting is an art, and an art always evolves, uh, and an art is relevant to place and space and time. And uh, we learned this from our pious predecessors as well. You know, parenting in Zimbabwe is different to parenting in the UK or parenting in Australia. The challenges are different, uh, the triggers are different. um, The uh, phenomena that affect our children Uh, are different so uh, No doubt one workshop or a few uh, will not offer any diligence to the topic as I said it's an art and an art evolves with time and an art is always relevant to space and uh, and place, but nonetheless, the Arabic saying says "Malahdralah that that which cannot be done in its entirety should not be left out in its entirety and uh, the reason why um, this topic has been cited, even though uh, we have these few hours together, is because uh, Islam has given and set a great precedence to parenting it has set a great rewards uh, or set great rewards rather. Uh, for those who are diligent with their parents and look after their parents and respect their parents. And Islam has uh, cited uh, being disrespectful to one's parents as a major sin, right? So from an abstract perspective, we learn from this how important raising children uh, is. Because uh, children who are raised well will engage this great act of ibadah and worship in looking after their parents. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said ameen to a dua of Jibril alayhi salam. And that dua of Jibreel stated that curse be upon the person, right? Uh, curse be upon the person who meets or is blessed to have their parents with them in old age, and they fail to earn paradise as a result. To this Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said ameen, right? So if the Sharia uh, that is so big on tawheed and matters of worship, um, sets a whole section of it dedicated towards um, you know, being dutiful to one's parents and the fact that there's great rewards for it and Allah mentions reward after reward and Rasulullah teaches us reward after reward with regards to being good to your parents and, and, and then in contrast we have all the evidences that warn us against being disrespectful, and the sins for being disrespectful, and the punishment for being disrespectful, this from the outset should make us understand it's a great act of worship, and who teaches our children worship better than their parents after Rasulullah ﷺ. So it falls under uh, the context of parenting. Also brothers and sisters, why uh, this topic is relevant, and we'll discuss more, but just to introduce it, is because uh, the Sharia has cited our children uh, as not just our future, but also as our today. But in terms of them being our future, then uh, Rasulullah wasallam taught us that when the son of Adam dies, then there's no way for him uh, or her to earn rewards after they pass away, except uh, from three avenues. The first avenue is Sadaqatul Jariyah. Or continuous charity that which you did before you passed away which continued to benefit people so Allah rewards you for this charity and um, the second way is uh, through good teachings which you taught people and they implemented your teachings after you passed away Right? Allah's mercy mandates that Allah will reward us for everyone who practiced those teachings after we passed away. And we can only imagine the rewards of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he's the first teacher, right? And uh, generations after him put into practice that which he taught. And the third way for us to earn rewards after we pass away, as cited by Rasulullah sallallahu is a pious child left behind who makes dua for his or her. Uh, parents right so uh, just from this hadith we understand why we need to be good parents you know our salvation uh, requires it you know I was in Australia uh, during these past weeks and one of uh, the lessons I shared uh, in my seminars was something uh, or or this um, neuro associative conditioning it's a it's a theory designed by a person known as uh, Anthony Robbins he's a life coach from America And um, it's it's become popular with people who want to implement change and bring about good habits in their lives and so on and so forth. And I was sort of tying it to the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that the reality is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught us this before. Anyway, you can google it, it's called NAC, Anthony Robbins, if you just make a note, and you can read up on it, there's six steps towards conditioning yourself, and creating positive change uh, in your life. And the crux of this theory is that, uh, a person creates a sense of urgency, or sort, he, he, this person sort of, uh ponders over the habit they want to bring about and ponders over it in a in in a particular way uh that uh, entails urgency that they feel desperate right to sort of bring this thing into their life so they understand it in such a way that creates urgency because human beings by default uh act when something becomes urgent right and and last year we discussed this in time management for those who attended the seeds of change and we said this is not ideal for a muslim a muslim is a person who always has important things in their day but they never let important things become urgent right but we see by you know human nature through t- uh, if you look at the masses we always study for our exams at the last minute we always you know sorting out those assignments at the last minute when there's uh, less time left we we sort of implement ourselves and, and get through it so Um, when we sort of consider this theory and consider what we're talking about now and why we need to talk about parenting, if we just look at this last hadith that I cited, right? when you think about that subhanallah, after I die, there's no salah, there's no zakah, there's no hajj, there's no fasting, and uh, I might be under the ground far longer than I was on top of the ground. And let's be honest, I think we know of people who have passed away for hundreds of years when they lived for 50 or 60 years. Right? So they've been under the ground far longer than they've been on top of the ground. And when you think of this and you say, Subhanallah, how can I earn Jannah after I pass away? And one of those ways is by leaving behind a pious child who makes dua for you, I think this creates a sense of urgency. Right? Uh, Within us, and we feel the desperate need to wake up and be parents and, and, and better parents. Right, um, And this is what life is all about, it's about pondering and reflecting. It's not about just living within the moment and going through the motions, because seconds will tick and minutes will, will, will tick over, and hours will tick over and then we'll end up dying. No, there's there's, there's a life after death, right? So um, these topics come to mind uh, and become relevant when we look at things in, in this particular way. I'm sure many people or many a person saw the advert and said, well, parenting my children are all old now. Uh, you know, I'm done being a parent. Or somebody saw it and say, "Well, I know much uh, about parenting." But the reality is, we cannot learn enough. And Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi sallam throughout 23 years of his prophethood, was teaching us to be better parents. He never sort of said, "Well, I taught this to them in the first year, or second year, or third year of my of my prof- uh, of being a prophet." And uh, now it's not relevant. No, it was always relevant because the first part of his prophethood was in Mecca. The second part of his prophethood was in Medina. And each circumstance and situation had different intricacies and anomalies and nuances and abstract matters attached to uh, the time frame that he was living in Wasallam. with these people. So he was constantly giving advice, he was constantly passing fatwa and teaching them matters of parenting depending on uh, situation. So all these uh, sort of um, highlight for us the importance of this topic. Um, also, brothers and sisters, you know, from those matters that creates urgency and teaches us that, you know, we really need to look at our parenting and, 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 and better it is the fact that if you do so, you're following the command of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, because Allah says in His book, Ya ayyuha amanu qoo anfusakum wa ahlikum right in Surah al-Tahrim, in the 66th surah. And the sixth ayah, for those who are taking notes, Allah says, O oh, you who believe, protect yourselves and your families from the hellfire." This is a command. and أَنفُسَكُمْ Protect yourselves. You are being commanded to do this. Which means that we will be questioned on the day of Qiyamah. About this, because Allah will question us about all commands. So Allah is going to question us, you know, regarding this, that you were commanded to protect yourself and your families from the hellfire. And there's going to be a series of events that Allah will question us about related to this command. Whether we were diligent with it or whether we, we lack diligence with it. Right. This is a command. Allah says in His book, "وَأَمْرُ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَصَلَّبْ عَلَيْهَا. لا نَسْأَلُكَ رِزْقًا نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكَ وَلَعَاقِبَةُ الْتَقْوَى." Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, He He says, "Command your families to the prayer." and be persistent with commanding them, and persistent and regular with the prayer, and ensuring that they regular with the prayer. Allah says, رِزْقًا We're not asking you for sustenance. Nahnu We are the providers. And the good end is for the people of taqwa. This is another command. Allah is commanding the parents to look after their flock and command them towards the the greatest pillar of success which is salah. Because as we know, the first thing that Allah will ask us about on the day of Qiyamah is salah. If that pillar stands, all the other acts of worship will stand. Your zakah will stand your Hajj will stand, your fasting will stand, being good to your parents will stand, all the other deeds will have the strength to stand up and support our case in terms of receiving the mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and inshallah getting entry into Jannah. If that salah fails, none of the deeds will stand. Subhanallah. And this is taught to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah accept our salah and make us diligent with salah. I mean it's not about saying, Well, I'm I'm a good you know, nowadays we hear people belittle the situation and say, Well, you know, I'm I'm a good child to my parents when they lack salah and they try and comfort themselves in terms of their lack of diligence or salah by saying, well, I'm good in other things. The reality is, Islam is about entering into Islam in total. It's not about looking after one part of the sharia and disregarding another part of the sharia. And as we see in this ayah, Allah is telling us to command our families towards the prayer. Does that mean that Allah is telling us, don't command them towards other things? No. He's telling us, He's commanding us to make sure that our children are diligent with their salah. Which means if they're diligent with the most important thing, then by default you are commanding them to the less, uh, to, to the, or let's say the other important things which are not as important as salah. Does that make sense? And this is from the eloquence of the Quran. right? That Allah will mention the most important thing to cite for us that everything else falls unday by default. So you command towards salah, but that means you're commanding towards all the other aspects of the Sharia. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, actually has space in His revelation, right? To reveal verses, or better ayat, right? It's better we say ayat than verses. To reveal ayat dedicated towards parenting, then surely, surely this is important to Allah. Surely this is important to Allah. So it's not about just, you know, being a parent because that's how life is. We have to, you know, we get married, then we become parents because we have to have children because society keeps on asking us, right, when are you having your next child? Right? It, it always happens. Before you get married, everyone's saying, when are you getting married? When you get married, they're saying, so where's the baby? Right? That's what happens. But it's not about just, it's not, it's not about going through the motions. You've got to understand, I'm worshipping Allah here. And Allah has commands in His book related to this. And you know, this ayah cites for us a very important abstract lesson. And that is that parenting cannot be reduced towards this process of financial you know, provision. The, where the, the parent thinks, well, my job is to pay the bills, put them through school, uh, you know, pay for the holidays, pay for their clothes, buy them the PlayStation. Because Allah is saying, لا nasalu رزقا رزقاً We're not asking you to provide sustenance. نحن نرزقك We are the providers. Right? But we command you to raise them properly. That's what Allah is saying. So parenting cannot be reduced to a very small element and aspect, you know, uh, which is financial provision and, and, and taking care of the family financially. No, you know, fatherhood entails more than just going to work. It entails being a father. And one of uh, the lectures I gave somewhere, uh, it was titled that, you know, Man Up, O Father. Because uh, we live in societies today where cultural parenting has taken over, where fathers think, well, you know, it's the mother's duty to teach the child everything. And we have no role in it. Our role is to go to work, come back tired, and have a good excuse for being tired. And that's not the case. That is a gross misrepresentation of this term, Ab which is the Arabic term for being a father. Now, uh, I can see the sisters are smiling, but that doesn't mean now we should go home and lay on the, uh, on, on the fathers. We must be diligent in how we also interact with each other as husbands and wives, because also being married is an act of worship as well. And culture needs time, you know, to, to, or changing culture needs time. It's not something that happens overnight. The Quran wasn't revealed overnight. It was revealed over 23 years. Rasulullah wasallam wasn't a prophet for one year or two. He was a prophet for 23 years. Changing things need time. But insha'Allah, uh, the message is getting through. So this is the Qur'anic instruction also. Rasulullah wasallam said, kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'oolun an ra'iyyati. That each and every one of you is a shepherd. And every shepherd is responsible for his flock. This is a very important narration. And it's authentic. Right, so uh, the flock of a parent is his or her children. You are responsible. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam cites responsibility. You know, we can the Sharia has. You know, we cannot say the Sharia has lacked diligence with regards to teaching us the reality of being a parent. Wallahi! you know, it doesn't mean that you haven't read the hadith or heard of the hadith or read the Quran properly that the Sharia doesn't teach this stuff. Right? Or that you won't be responsible. You are responsible because the revelation exists. The teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam exist. The scholars exist. It's your job to go out and ask, what is expected of me? What does Allah want from me in this situation that I am in now? I have become a husband now. What does Allah want from me? I have become a wife now. What does Allah want uh, you know, from me? I have become a parent now. What does Allah want from me? This is... Our responsibility we have to visit the scholars and ask but let's be honest how many people are asking this how many people are asking this right so brothers and sisters we have a lot to change and we have a lot to think about and the worst thing you can do as a parent is be judge and jury of your own progress that's the worst thing you can do right we live in an age where we are in desperate need of sincere advisors people who are brutally sincere and brutally honest with us. I'm talking about constructive criticism, of course. We need that because we cannot afford to be judge and jury of our own progress. Because Shaytan is in front of us, and Shaytan knows Allah wants us to be good parents, so He's going to make us be bad parents. That's the reality. And again, Shaytan is not a fairy tale, Shaytan is a reality. So if you know you have an open enemy daily with you as a parent, daily with you as a wife, daily with you as a husband, daily with you as as whatever your role in society is. And his job is to ensure that you conduct yourself in a way most hated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can't close your eye to this fact. Because that's what shaitan's promise is, that I will make them do everything you hate. And make them hate everything you love. That's the reality. So when you get yourself into a situation where a new role falls upon you, you have to visit the scholars and ask them, right, what does Allah want of me? That is the starting point in you understanding how good a parent you are in terms of the context of parenting. And better still, you need somebody else to give you constructive criticism. We live in an age sadly where sincere advices are few. And when the few sincere advices advise, we have people who don't really want to listen to them. They don't really want to listen. We're always making excuses. You know that word, but, B-U-T, it's a very bad word. Why? Because that's the word which shows that you're not really interested in the advice that you're receiving. Somebody tells you something, you say, yes, but, Aha, now there's a problem. Because even for those who, who, uh, who study language, you know that but has a negative connotation. And in many uh, contexts, it cancels everything before the but. You said yes but that yes is cancelled you didn't agree to what was said right and even in law now i came across an article uh, in, in 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 law when they train the lawyers they tell them to use less the word but and use more the word and because when you're trying to change the perceptions of a jury the word and works better right because it has it has more positive uh, connotations. Anyway, that's just a footnote. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, uh, Kullukum ra'in. Each and every one of you is a shepherd, and you are responsible for your flock. Now brothers and sisters, in the context of creating urgency, we know on the day of Qiyamah, a group of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is going to be chased away or moved away from the Hawth, from this, this uh, Hawth, this basin, That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this basin is for his ummah to drink from. And when they drink from it, the burden of the day of Qiyamah will be reduced. So we know that an ummah will be taken away. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will be sad. And he will shout, cry out and say, these are my people. And the angels will say, no, you don't know what they did after you. So, we know that he's going to be upset on the day of Qiyamah, because this has been taught to us. The question you have to ask yourself is, are you going to be a means of his happiness, or a means of his sadness on the day of Qiyamah? What are you going to be? That's what you have to ask yourself. If you follow his methodology in parenting, the prophetic way, Alhamdulillah. And this, take this as a base rule and apply it to all your circumstances that everything I do, if I do this, is this going to make me a means of the happiness of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or be a means of his sadness? Nobody in his or her right mind does that thing which upsets his or her parents. You love your parents, in your right mind you don't purposely do that which upsets them. Right? So why would you do it to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who we are commanded to love more than our parents? Why would you want to do that? Right? So you got to think about this formula in everything that you do, your dress code, how you are with your spouses, how you are with your parents, how you are with your children, how you are with your employees, with your employers, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and so on and so forth. You got to use this criteria, and ask yourself, if I behave in this way, is it going to make me drink from that basin? Or is it going to be a means of me turning, or being turned away from the basin on the day of Qiyamah? Do I want to see the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam crying and knowing that that tear is because of me? Right? We want to create urgency, right? This is a way to change. We want to create urgency, feel desperate to change. Right? This is, this, I think this is a good way for people of Iman. You ask yourself, that do I want to see that tear and say, that tear was because of me, how would you feel? Right? Or do I want to be his smile? And when I see him smiling, I say, Alhamdulillah, I was upon his directives, right? Um, and that brings me to another point in terms of parenting brothers and sisters, and that is that parenting as we said is an art. You coming here today is not going to make you good parents. Let's just set the expectation. If being a good parent was as easy as attending a seminar, then everyone would be good parenting, parents, let's be honest. No, it doesn't work like that. You got to go implement, you got to go read, you got to go ask, you got to be brutally honest with yourself, right? Don't be your worst enemy by kidding yourself. I'm a good parent. No, be brutally honest, right? Benchmark yourself against everything that is shared today and everything that is shared in terms of ideals, right? In this field of parenting, benchmark yourself against those ideals. When you ask scholars after this uh, seminar, right? Benchmark yourself and ask yourself, hold on, how close am I to the ideal way? Or how far am I from it? And then cite for yourself The the, the means that you will use to fill in the gap. To gap this hole. So you become a person upon the ideal. Right? The tragedy is not in making a mistake. So don't use today to become depressed or to become sad or feel like everything's lost. The tragedy is not in making a mistake. The tragedy is in not learning from the mistake. That's where the tragedy is in. That you know you have a problem and you do nothing uh, about it. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is... um, Inshallah, a few things that um, assist us in understanding why these topics are important and why uh, we need uh, more of it. Um, if we look in the Qur'an, uh, my dear brothers and sisters, um, and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we see the Qur'an and the sunnah describing children as many things. Right? I'm going to cite for you a few of these things. Uh, one of the things that the Qur'an and the sunnah cites children as uh, is a glad tiding they consider children a glad tiding. A glad tiding, right? Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah Maryam, in ayah number 7, O zakaria indeed we give you good tidings of a boy, whose name is Yahya, and we have not assigned to any before this, this particular name. Right? So Zakaria A.S. was making dua to Allah for, child, Allah for a child, asking Allah for a child, asking Allah for a child, asking Allah for a child. And Allah tested him by delaying giving him this child. And then he said to Allah that, oh Allah, my hairs have become white, my bones have become weak, you know, meaning he's, he's reached an age of despair. Right? And through experience, they understood that people really don't get children during this age. So Allah answered His dua and said, we've given you a child and better off, or better still, we're even naming this child for you. We've named this child Yahya. Right? So, but the point to note is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, Ya Zakariya, inna nubashiruk. That, oh Zakariya, indeed we give you good tidings. Right? So by default, we need to view our children as glad tidings. Which means we need to thank Allah for them. How many times do we thank Allah for our children? Wallahi, even if you thank Allah once a day, it's not enough. But let's be honest. Perhaps months go by, before we even thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the children that Allah has given us. We don't see it as a glad tiding from Allah, as a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Qur'an and the Sunnah teaches us that our children are glad tidings. The Qur'an and the Sunnah also teach us that our children are actually a comfort to our eyes. It cites children as the coolness of one's eyes, as the comfort of one's eyes. Uh, In Surah Al-Furqan, Ayah number 74, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to us a du'a. And this du'a is a du'a of a people that Allah loves and Allah praises. So Allah is telling us some of the reasons why He loves them. And tells us that they are people who say, Our Lord grant us from our wives and offspring a comfort and coolness to our eyes, and make us an example for the righteous. So this is a dua in the Quran, which Allah cites for us, a dua for better children, right? And this is part of being a good parent, that you make dua and you ask Allah to make you a good parent and give you good offspring. We must understand this brothers and sisters, because all of success begins with Allah. And if all of success begins with Allah, then that means that we need to have dua as a major part of parenting. Right? It's common sense. If all of success begins with Allah, how do we communicate with Allah and ask Him? Through dua. Right? So if you want to be a great parent, you got to ask yourself, how much dua do I make for my children? And how much dua am I I making in terms of me and parenting? Right? Because as Allah says, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ <الْإِيمان> That it is Allah who made Iman beloved to you. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يُزَكِّي مَنْ يشاء. But it is Allah who purifies who Allah wills. Balillahu يُزَكِّي مَنْ يَشَاءُ Instead it is Allah who purifies who He wills. So Allah time and time again is telling us that success begins with Him. When you are good, it's because Allah willed you to be good. Will you love Iman, it's because Allah made Iman beloved to you. Right? So, being a good parent and making that beloved to you comes from Allah. So if all success is from Allah, we have to start with dua. And the dua of the righteous was this, that O oh Allah, grant from us or from our wives and offspring, the, uh, people who will be cool to our eyes, and, and be a comfort to our eyes. Meaning, this is, this is an Arabic way, uh, this was the way of the Arabs, they, they, would, speak, they, they would use this terminology to, to, uh, to refer to something being peaceful to the heart. That when you see this person, you see this child, you see your spouse, you feel peace and serenity. And that is the crux of a good Muslim home. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ That from the signs of Allah, from the signs of Allah being one, and the only one worthy of worship, is that He created us as pairs. And He created from us our spouses. Why? Liteskunu ileha, So that you may, take, you may derive peace from your spouse. Right? This is the crux of a, of a perfect home. That when a person looks at his or her spouse, he feels peace. When he looks at his or her children, he feels peace. And this is the beauty of the Sharia that the Sharia doesn't tell you of an ideal and just leave you to sort it out yourself. The Sharia tells you of an ideal and then sets processes in place to help you achieve that ideal. And that is why we find Allah uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam time and time again talking about elements of being a good parent and the importance of being a good child. Why? Because the ideal has been set. Think about taqwa, right? This is an ideal. But Allah didn't say, "Be people of taqwa," and He left us like this. No, He set for us processes to help us achieve taqwa. This is from the completeness of the Sharia. From these processes is fasting, so that perhaps you may attain taqwa. From these processes is a good friend circle, right? Ya ayuha wa kunu sadiqeen Oh, you who believe, be God-conscious, have taqwa, and as a process to attain that taqwa, have a righteous, truthful friend circle. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا O you who believe, be people of taqwa. And as a process to achieve that taqwa, speak the truth. Be diligent with your tongue. See, these are processes that help us achieve the ideal. This is from the completeness of the sharia. So even with parenting, when, when Allah sets uh, an ideal with regards to the home, the ideal Muslim home, there's many processes set in place to help us achieve that. That is how beautiful the sharia is, and this is the wisdom why revelation came, and why prophets were sent. It's very complete brothers and sisters, there's much more to the sharia, wallahi. If we only took time to ponder, and learn, and take an active, keen interest, if we got off the television serials, you know, that consume our days, and our weeks, and our months, and we spend time reading that, that is beneficial to our souls and our hearts, and that will be a means of greatness for us both in this life and the next, if we only sorted out ourselves, right? You know, um, when I travel and do these seminars, many people come amazed. And okay, Alhamdulillah, they're amazed because they, they fear Allah, and they appreciate what Allah has sent. But why be amazed now, when the Qur'an is in front of you, the sunnah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم is in front of you. Why do you want someone to come spoon-feed you that which is critical to your salvation? Right? If I said to you that I have a billion gold bricks, a billion gold bricks which are worth billions of dollars, right? And um, it's all legal and it's for you, it's in your name. But you know what? I've left it somewhere and I'm not telling you where. Go and find it. Are you going to be fussy and say, no, then I'm not, I don't want these gold bricks, I'm not interested. I'm, I only want it if you tell me where it is. Are you going to say that? No, you'll probably leave your job. And say, I'm going to have set my whole life, going to find these gold bricks that are in my name. Why? Because it's worth it. You're not going to be fussy. So why today are we so fussy when it comes to learning about Islam? If the inheritance of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa is far more valuable than a billion gold bricks, and by the way, in case you didn't know, it is. Why are you so fussy? That no, I'll only go if this speaker comes and lectures on this. Or I'll only go if it's not too early in the morning. You know, the time must be right. I'll only go if it doesn't conflict with this other useless thing that I do normally. Right? Why would you be fussy? Surely you should give up everything and go and learn from the inheritance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Your salvation depends on it. Surely it's worth it. It's more, it's worth, let's be honest, it's, it's more worth it than a billion gold bricks. Right? Today we're very fussy, brothers and sisters, with that which. Our salvation depends upon. And by the way, when we learned it finally 30 years down the line, we amazed. When truly we should have been amazed much earlier, but our application was wrong. Our priorities were not correct. So our sharia teaches us that our children are glad tidings, and teaches us that our children are a comfort to our eyes. Our sharia also teaches us that our children are a means of affection and mercy. Yes, because in Surah Room, uh, in ayah number 21, in terms of a completion to the ayah I just cited you, when Allah says from His signs that Allah created us as pairs, Allah says, Right? Allah says that He placed between husband and wife love and mercy. Love and mercy. And children are a result of this love and mercy. So, in a nuanced way, we understand that the Sharia views children as a means of affection and mercy. Of course, if we are diligent as parents. This is the reality of children. Children are not a means of breaking up the home. Children should not be a means of the depression of the father or the mother. No, they, should, they are a result of affection and mercy. And that's why the sharia considers them a means of affection and mercy. Some of the scholars very likely said that, You see, Allah, He set between husband and wife, love and mercy. Why? Because love is only going to last so many years. Right? Right? When the honeymoon period finishes, some people actually say that the honeymoon period finishes when the children are born. Shouldn't be the case. Shouldn't be the case because the sharia cites uh, cites them as a means of affection. But the scholars say that subhanallah, if we look at it, Allah says love and mercy. Why? So that you don't have an excuse. When the love finishes, you're supposed to be merciful with each other. That you tolerate each other by being merciful to each other. Right? This is part and parcel of marriage as well. Right, so this is a great insight from the scholars. Also, Allah has cited our children as an adornment of this life, as an adornment, because in Surah Al Kahf, which we read every Friday, in Ayah number forty-six, Allah says, "Al mali wal banun dunya," that wealth and children are an adornment of this worldly life. Right, So the Sharia cites them as an adornment, something there to make this life beautiful for us. And let's, let's be honest, right? this life has a lot of challenges. right? So children are there as something that makes life beautiful, like Allah has made the skies beautiful with the stars. right? So Allah has made our life beautiful with children. And the reason why I'm going through this is for, for us to understand, subhanallah, ayah after ayah, the Sharia is describing children in so many different ways, with so many positive attributes. Right, So many different descriptions and adjectives are being used to describe our children. And I can promise you, you won't find the adjective known as brat or spoilt or all these other terms that we mainly throw at children today. And the reason why they're that is because of poor parenting. But we'll come to that inshaAllah. Also, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cites children as a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Aisha radiallahu anha, or the Sharia cites children as a gift, because Aisha anha says, uh, and she narrates uh, that indeed your children are Allah's gift for you. And in the Quran, Allah cites them as a gift because Allah in Suratul anan in Ayah number eighty-four, Allah says, "Wa lahu ishaq." That we bestowed upon him ishaq and Ya'qub. We bestowed, we gifted him with. Ishaq and Yaqub. And yes, our children are a gift if we bring them up properly, because after we die, they make dua for us, they implement our teachings, they teach our teachings to other people, they implement those teachings, and Allah rewards us in our grave for everyone who follows our directives after we passed away. So no doubt, they are a gift. Also, brothers and sisters, in terms of um, uh, the children uh, and the descriptions in the Qur'an and the sunnah, um, the Sharia cites them as an act of worship. The Sharia describes them as an act of worship. Right? And I said this in my introduction. You gotta know this. That, you know, when you spend time developing your child, teaching them good manners, educating them, this is like nafil salah. Consider it a nafil salah. Or a nafil or fast, a voluntary fast. You gotta consider this. Don't just consider it a norm of life. That, you know, I have to teach them this. So on Eid day, I'm not embarrassed that they misbehave in front of the family. No, that shouldn't be the the case. Remember, we started today's talk saying that this learning and teaching is an act of worship. Right? The Sharia, as it has cited our children, as many different beautiful things, it cites our children as an act of worship. When you you try to have a child, that's an act of worship. Yes, there's etiquettes. There's etiquettes. There's etiquettes, brothers and sisters. You know, choosing your wife is from good parenting. The wife you marry, that's when parenting starts, by the way. As Umar ibn Khattab عنه, mentioned to a person, when he said that parenting started the day you chose your wife, right? That's an act of worship. And then, even in the consummation of the marriage, right? And in the act that a child comes about as a result of, Rasulullah wasallam has taught us du'as, then... Allahumma jannibna shaytan. He taught us to recite a dua. Because you're in an act of worship. Because you are, you are practicing this act in a halal circumstance, in a marriage. And when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught this to the companions, the Sahaba were shocked and said, We actually get rewarded for this? There's a reward for this? And the Prophet sallallahu said, Yes, if you did it in a haram way, wouldn't there be a sin? Right? So the Sharia teaches us that parenting is an ibadah. In the wife you choose, the dua you make, when you consummate. So when that child is born, it's born with protection, because this dua is a dua of protection. And then also the acts of worship that the sharia has cited after the child has been born in terms of the aqiqah and the shaving of of of, of, of the, the sunnah practices, the shaving of the hair, right? And... Um, the the sadaqah, and so on and so forth. And the naming of the child, even the naming process, the Sharia has advice on this. It's an act of worship. And then raising the child. you got to understand this, those sleepless nights that the parents have, the two a.m.s, the mothers particularly. Right? The two a.m.s, all this is ibadah. All this is ibadah. And then you go through the terrible twos, you know when the child gets the terrible twos. Right? Uh, that's all, and and and, and uh, surfing that phase of their life is an act of worship. Then you get the surfing teens, right? You get that phase when they become teenagers, brings about a whole new, new different uh, aspect in your life in terms of your parenting, right? That is an act of worship. So let us take uh, this last point. I think uh, it's a perfect point to, uh, to move into the first break, and. Uh, that is what we started off with, talking about how our life is a worship, and understanding that uh, the sharia has cited our children as a means for us to worship Allah. You must know that you dig your streams in Jannah. When you parent your child. You plant your forests and gardens in Jannah. When you parent your child. You uh, lay the bricks to your palaces in Jannah. When you uh, raise your children. And I think, uh, again, this is another citation that helps create that urgency within us to become better parents and understand the importance of topics such as these. Let's go for the first break. It's 9.45 uh, right now. وصلى الله وصلى الله وصلى الله